Welcome back to the Fangirl Forum. I'm your host, Meredith Loftus, a.k.a. your friendly neighborhood fangirl. Eight weeks ago, we were introduced to the mysterious world of WandaVision. Nine episodes have come and gone, and the MCU's first Disney Plus series has become the must-see TV event of the past few months. From all of the memes, the parodies, the bop that is Agatha all along, all of this to say, it's clear that Kevin Feige was not messing around. The WandaVision finale recently came out, and while many fans are praising it, there are fans who found it underwhelming or didn't meet their expectations. There's really a lot to unpack here. Joining me back on Fangirl Forum, they came for the Jellicle Ball, and now they're returning from Westview, New Jersey. Please welcome back Ernie Moreno and In Out Deletes, Robert Meza. Hey, guys. Hey, Meredith. Thanks for having us on. Thank you for having me back on. It's an honor, even if it has to be with Ernie. <laughs> oh, that's just messed up. First shot of the night. <laughs> the first of many shots, I'm sure. That's terrible. But, you know, it's all in, uh, I was going to say love, but I feel that's too strong a word. Okay. Uh, 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 no, if you can use it, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> But guys, I'm so glad we get to do this because, I mean, we've been talking about WandaVision since week one. It has become such a huge topic of conversation for us Thursday at midnight or Friday night at midnight to uh, Friday morning and subsequently throughout the week, just (laughs) theorizing and just discussing this mysterious, crazy, wonderful show that is WandaVision couple nights ago the WandaVision finale finally came out what what did you think of it Which one either, of one of you, <laughs> either one of you can start this I mean I'll go first I guess okay I absolutely love the finale I thought wait wait, wait wait whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I forgot I'm so sorry Robert I hate to cut you off yeah from here on out there is nothing but spoilers so if you have not watched WandaVision Please do not listen to this episode until you've watched all nine episodes. If you come at me in the comments saying, oh my gosh, you spoiled it. I'm so sorry, but I did just give you a spoiler warning. There's a spoiler warning in the description. You have been warned. There is no turning back at this point. Okay, Robert, go ahead. Yeah, so I absolutely love this this finale. I thought it was fantastic. I was ready, like, you know, with the, with the episode eight that came before it, I was so ready for it. I was ready to go right at midnight, you know, praying that there was going to be no server errors with Disney Plus this time, you know, and I found the finale to be great. Like, it was, it was everything I was expecting, you know, like, we, we had anticipated, like, it, it was going to be a huge battle, you know, for uh, Westview, and I think it delivered on every front, you know, the emotional stuff, the action stuff was all great. I love the way it, you know, the cross-cutting between, you know, the fight between uh, Wanda and Agatha, Vision and, and Vision, and the kids, you know, discovering their powers and fighting against the, the military people. I thought it was, I thought it was great. Yeah, those, like, just the surface level stuff, yeah. What about you, Ernie? What'd you think? I absolutely loved it, I mean, first of all, I would say this is, this looked like the most, this is where they spend all their money on the budget. 
obviously, <laughs> because, oh, dang, I, f- I forgot I was watching a series and I thought I was watching another like Avengers movie or something like that. Cause man, the, the budget on this was, whew, it looks so good in some shots. I was like, wow, this is, this could be a comic book panel, just the way it's set up and everything. But I absolutely loved it. My favorite part was the vision fight, which was, you know, vision is by far one of the strongest, one of the strongest people in the Avengers team. And the way that they did his fight was absolutely brilliant, I thought, because they could have just cheapened out and made him just, you know, fist fight and everything. But I loved the 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 way they they interpreted how exactly the two visions would would clash. We can get into that later. But other big point was, you know, a lot of these series, and I think this might be why people are having a problem with it. At the end of a series, they always want to have their answers be very definitive. Their characters very cut like either they're good or they're bad blah blah blah. wanda's character just comes out so like gray in terms of who she is in terms of what she's going to do next in terms of what people will think of her going forward and it's all it's all so messy and it's also uncertain at the end of it and then they had those two post-credit sequences things again it's like i was watching another avengers movie because of that but yeah it was i i completely loved it and the fact that people are on both sides of this i could totally see why they are on either side of it but i really enjoyed it and i thought they really pulled it out i loved it i thought it was fantastic wandavision as a series to me is an incredible story about the two two of the strongest avengers arguably the strongest like the true power couple of the mcu and vision and wanda maximoff i thought the way that after episode eight there was we knew there was heartbreak on the horizon because there was only one way this was going to end and for everything that the battles that happened in the finale, which totally agreed. The vision fight was so fantastic, not just from a fighting style, because that was the most we've seen the creative side of like how you do a vision battle is done, but also like the philosophical side of it, like the ship of Theseus or it like brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, here we go. For all of that, which was incredible, and of course, like Wanda finally embracing being the Scarlet Witch and her official costume reveal, which is amazing. So happy for her. It was (laughs) the moment once the family started walking back to the house until the hex was fully down, I was an emotional wreck. Because at the end of the day, WandaVision is about Wanda dealing with her grief in order for her to move on. She had to say goodbye to her kids and to this version of vision and man, oh man, did they like stick the landing for me there. And I mean, of course, like the mid credit and the post credit scene, like they're setting up where we're going from here, because this is, this is a series that is playing into different movies that are coming out. 
but I think the way that they ended it was in the vein of a true like regular TV series season finale or even series finale like they answer most of the questions they leave a little bit of a door open and you hope that people are on board with it and for me I thought they did that so well I think the reason why people were underwhelmed is because I think part of it is that many people were seeing WandaVision as the MCU adapting House of M and the, the famous ending of House of M is that this is how mutants are going to be released in the MCU. Oh, okay. Instead of instead of going no more mutants, it would be here are all the mutants. And right. that didn't happen. Mephisto didn't happen. <laughs> and I think people were wanting the big, big stuff to come. But this is the beginning of phase four. Mm-hmm. You have to start back small again. Not everything can be an Avengers endgame level ending or like a big bad being so in like being introduced so early on into this phase and so I think I think people are getting a little upset that their fan theories weren't coming through but you to think me, that's you think that is the reason that so many people are oh this didn't stick the landing they didn't reveal this they didn't have this I, you I think, think that's, that's a source of it, of it? I yeah. think that's I think that's a huge part of it you know like how mm. often do like we get so hyped on fan expectations and then when they like fall short where I don't know I think that was I, a big part of at least of what I was seeing online I was seeing more of that side of it so what what do y'all think I could see why you know some fans would be disappointed that you know they they might have felt like it left a lot of stuff unanswered mainly because they really did open the door you know, to all that with, what's his name? Quicksilver, right? That was the one thing that, that blew everybody's mind, right? That, that started, every, it got everybody's mind going, right? And what, 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 what were they doing, right? So in that sense, I could see that, that it was a little bit disappointing. I think, I think the one criticism I would have for the episode is that it wasn't long enough. Like, <laughs> I wanted more, <laughs> you know? Um, you know, because like at the end, you know, once the battle is done and once, you know, they say goodbye and all that, it felt like it wrapped up very quickly. Like, mm-hmm. I honestly thought, like, okay, this is, they're done with all that. Now they're going to get to all the the Marvel, like, Easter eggs, you know? Mm-hmm. And the fact that it really didn't do that, you know, I think that's what left people disappointed. But I will say, like, you know, I love, like, the fans, like, having their theories and all that. Like, I love the fan interaction. It's, it's so cool, you know? Especially because, you know, so many people are are familiar with the source material, you know? But at the end of the day, I think, you know, once you hit play, you know, you just have to let all that stuff go, you know, and and just let you just lose yourself in the story, you know, mm-hmm. because if you go in there with your check and I've been guilty of this before, I've gone into to movies or TV shows like with a checklist, like like you always like, go you in know, with a yeah. checklist, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, OK, they have to hit this stuff, you know, but then mm-hmm. you're not you're not really like judging it on its own merits and it should be about the story that they're telling. So, you know, I just to, to fans who are like disappointed that they didn't like introduce like Magneto or the X-Men or Mephisto or whatever just like you know maybe go back and watch it again and just let that stuff go and just focus on the story they're telling because at the end of the day it's about Wanda right this mm-hmm. is Wanda's story you know and I think if, if you look at it that way you'll you'll get a great story out of it. I think when it comes to the MCU and how they've done it from day one they've always kept an eye on the source material like you were saying House of M 
but even with introducing one of their mainstays, Spider-Man, they've done they've rewritten his playbook a couple of different times. Mm-hmm. His mentorship with Tony Stark is something that never happened because it never happened in his origin, I should say. But they in in the comic book series Civil War, he sort of becomes his mentor when he chooses a side in that fight. You know, but that they took that part and they kind of matched up with this part of the comic book. So whenever anybody is disappointed that they didn't do something according to the book, it's like, yeah, they've been doing that for a long time, though. It doesn't seem like it's brand new. I think I would wrap. Everybody was like, which all-star cameo is going to be in there? I'm kind of glad they didn't do one. At least not one that was insane. You know what I mean? Agreed. I'm actually, yeah, I'm on board with that because I know, I mean, I recorded an episode before WandaVision came out and I was like, oh, we're obviously going to see Doctor Strange or, oh, wouldn't it be cool if like Paul Rudd showed up for just like a second or even like if Deadpool did like a, uh, not yet guys. and just like walked out of frame, but Evan Peters was huge. That was a big mind WTF, what just happened, but then also like mid credit scene having a scroll show up that would that did it for me you know because yeah. once you introduce scrolls that's where like there's always a twist available there's mm-hmm. always like that possibility of like oh, are they not who they say they are and the fact that they did that scroll tie-in it's like yeah of course because monica met scrolls when she was what 10 years old or whatever so of course there's one interacting with her and saying like an old friend of your mom's wants to talk to you which I think it's Nick Fury it might be Talos but I'm gonna stick with Nick Fury on this one but like that was enough like they did they didn't need to bring anybody else in to overshadow like Wanda's story yeah Yeah. I think it became one of those cases where they needed to let Wanda and then let visions shine they didn't need the sorcerer taco supreme show up and kind of steal that thunder i'm glad they did a mention that i was really glad about yeah so i kind of when i was calling it i was like i think that'll happen because so much cosmic energy is being fluctuated i'm sure that i mean he's in new york this is new jersey right yeah it's not far off not far off so it's like he's probably keeping an eye on it but i thought you know he should he shouldn't really come in here he really should stay away blah 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 but the two mentions in my head were the the mention of Sorcerer Supreme mm-hmm. and then the part at the end where she's doing that astral projection thing. Yes. I was like, okay, so she's, she, oh, I love that. That was, a, that was cool. Yeah. Upon rewatch for that ending in particular, Agatha told Wanda that her biggest problem wasn't her power. It was her knowledge. She didn't have the knowledge of the power. So that post-credit scene was like a direct relation to that of like, she is smart enough that she is learning the magic on her own. She's already mastered the astral projection. Like she is off doing something menial and she's like learning all of this magic. She is going to be power-wise very equal or actually surpassed Dr. Strange himself, which is I'm curious for the Doctor Strange sequel now. Like, is there a chance she may 
overpower him or like, are they going to butt heads in particular because of their level of magic? I, ah, it just opens the door for so much for me. So I think, you know, they did set stuff up, but it just, it might've not been what the fans were, you know, wanting, you know, cause I think everybody's just Agreed. wanting X-Men, you know, and yeah. going back to the whole Quicksilver thing, you know, like I, I do see like, cause they, it felt like in the last episode with the reveal that he was just like a regular dude. Right. It felt like they kind of closed the door again on like the X-Men stuff. But what I will say is this, is that I think Kevin Feige, he knows that the fans are out there, that they have all the knowledge of all the source material, right? So they know, he knows that they know how to decode all the stuff that, that might come, right? Yeah. So he has to now figure out a way to like, you know, throw us a curveball, you know? We could hit the fastball, you know? He has, to, he has to throw something else at us. So I would say that the door is probably not closed. It's just, it might be answered later on, you know? And I would just trust in, in Feige because I, I think they know what they're doing. And I think it is going to be satisfying when it's all said and done. Yeah, they've clearly proven that they know what they're doing. And honestly, it would be... I know technically in the in the before times, the original plan for when WandaVision to come out was going to be midway through phase four. But I would have been... For as characters as big as the X-Men, I feel like it would have been a disservice if like they were just introduced right off the bat, you know, like you want to build to the mutants you want to, because there's such a big property that like, I want to see Feige do it. And I know that he's going to do it well, but I also don't want them to like, just because they have the rights now, they just have to like throw it all in now like oh let's let's get the x-men in there let's go no i think and and i don't i don't want to come off too harshly to dc but i feel like that's one of the big issues that they have is that they have all these characters and they feel either they feel the need to use them or they're being directed to use them which you know with the snyder cut right around the corner i feel like they think that more will help the series like if they have more cameos the more that they can do with them. And I think Marvel has always done a good job with these are, our, especially this one in WandaVision. They're like, we have Wanda and we have Vision, right? Let's expand that little circle. And within that, we can start creating new little franchises. Because I don't know about you guys, but Monica, or um, uh, sorry, Monica. Um, crap, I forgot. <laughs> I did this and I totally forgot her name. Darcy? Darcy. No, not Darcy. Uh, the one who got her powers through the through the WandaVision thing. Yeah, Monica. Monica. Is it Monica? Okay, it yeah, is Monica. Yeah, her okay. mom is Maria. She is Monica. <laughs> that's why oh, That's why I was like, Maria, it's not Maria. Yeah. Uh, Monica is had like quickly become one of my favorite people in the series, only because she wasn't like trying to get powers. She wasn't trying to do anything like super, like she wasn't, trying to to like become the new head of sword she wasn't trying to circumvent anybody she was really trying to understand what was going on and she knew kind of ahead of time because she had dealt with this in the past like she, we i always forget he's like that was her seeing all these problems and seeing like the cosmic power of captain marvel she's like i know for a fact if you want to solve this problem it has to go through wand and everything and then through that she got these powers 
and then like her whole scene with the fake uh quicksilver i i love that whole thing ralph boner (laughs) (laughs) is that your favorite easter egg (laughs) well it's funny that like Agatha Agnes had been referring to Ralph the whole time and like Ralph was in front of us with Evan Peters and then giving him a last name like that just to really be like haha you all thought it was uh you thought it was Quicksilver you thought it was Quicksilver (laughs) yeah and I mean like I you know my mind was blown the same as everybody else's when he showed up you know in episode was it four five it was episode five. Yeah. It was the end yes. of episode five. Yeah. My head exploded when that happened, you know, and, you know, like everybody else, my mind was racing. But honestly, by the time we got to episode eight and nine, like I had forgotten about that. So like, mm-hmm. I'm really glad that they didn't waste any time, like on other characters, introducing other characters and other storylines on that. Because I was so focused on what was going on with Wanda, you know, and Vision and her family, you know, so mm-hmm. I didn't again, see any do, problems with that. Again, know? Robert's illustrating their way of like, look at this and then pulling it all the way back because they know that, you know, it is kind of a cameo, but it's not. And it's <laughs> yeah. letting uh, fans, you know, go crazy. But in the end, they don't want to do that because the worst, I think the worst thing they can do going forward is to like do a Wolverine movie or <laughs> do an X-Men movie out the shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I was pitching, I was like, me and a friend of mine, Javi, we were pitching some ideas back and forth about how they could start up a new X-Men series. And the playbook to me is always like, you start with one of the less focused on people. Jubilee. Like, well, no, not (laughs) That's my pick. Good God. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like, not necessarily, like you could do, like in my head, I was like, well, they could do a Cyclops movie. And I know that's kind of weird because Cyclops leader of the X-Men. But you always, anytime you've seen Cyclops, you always see him as, oh, that's the lead of the X-Men. Boom, you're done. No character development, no Mm -hmm. nothing. Nothing about why he is a leader, what qualities made him become a leader, anything like that. You know, it's it's not always shown in the cartoon series, but he has a brother named Havoc who becomes like a bad guy. At least that's how I remember the comic book series. And that could be a great starting point. Because that could be, you know, how mutants go one way or the, the other. But I think that that w- is, is personified in this series because Wanda is not, I don't know how you guys felt about the series, but I always felt like Wanda was like riding right in the middle of good and evil because she's like, just leave me alone to do my thing. But she's also kind of torturing these people. But in the end of the series, they're like, I thought you guys were happy. I thought we were all good here. And they're like, no, we're not good here. We want to see our families, blah, blah, blah. Like that eternal push and pull of whether or not she's good and evil, I think illustrates how good the writing was on the series. Because like any other big time series, it's always pretty clear cut. And Marvel's been doing a great, Marvel's been doing a great job writing a lot of their characters to be always kind of ambiguous. You know what I mean? Like Tony's Tony is a good example of like he's good intentions, but he's always just fighting against himself and he creates these monsters. You know what I mean? So in that, I think where they're gonna how they're gonna do their next series and everything, I think they're in such a good place to tackle this whole like mutants finally becoming part of 
society. I mean, I don't know. I, I still don't know how they're going to explain it, though. Yeah, they're going to do something that I guess we're not going to expect. And uh, I, I mean, I trust them with it. I wanted to pick up on something that you said about Wanda, which I really like the fact that they did keep her kind of on the line this whole movie. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, or not this whole movie. Wow. I mean, it felt like it looks like a movie. Yeah, That's it, what it I'm looks saying. Like a movie. It was no, like a okay. Movie. <laughs> Give me a second to geek out here. Can we talk about the fact that as the series progressed, like the aspect ratio changed for different scenes, and I geeked <laughs> out so much. Like when the series first starts, and it like the the Marvel logo goes to uh, the square aspect mm-hmm. ratio, and then like at the end of it, it slowly comes out into movie ratio. It, it does that all throughout the series. And I'm just I like, oh, yes, give it to me. It's so good. <laughs> if you want to keep going further down that geek hole, you know, Darcy picked up the analog signal that's coming out of Westview, right? Mm-hmm. So she's like, oh, get, bring me an old TV, right? Because that's the only way we could see what's being broadcast, right? Mm-hmm. And then once you hit the, the Modern Family Office episode, mm-hmm. say that the signal disappeared, right? There's no way to pick it up. They say she's not broadcasting anymore. But I thought that was really interesting because I was like, no, it's not. It's, it's not that it disappeared. It's that it went digital, yeah. right? And I wonder, like, I bet you if Darcy was there, she would have figured it out, right? And they never brought it up right. again, but I always thought that was an interesting thing. You know? Well, she also was in uh, yeah. in Westview at that point. So if she was on the outside, yes, I imagine she would have said something like that. And oh, so, so good. No, but I back to Wanda because this is what it's been about. Wanda was introduced first as a villain in Age Mm -hmm. of Ultron. You know that she sided with Ultron. She was always at odds with Tony Stark. And then in Civil War, you know, we, you saw her dealing with the fact that like people view her as a monster and Vision was like, that's not how I see you. And you're like, oh, they're getting together. But that was always something like, that you thought she got over because I remember the sign in Civil War. She says, like, I can't control their fear, only mine, which is, well, you are controlling their fear in Westview because you have put your pain in them. And so you empathize with her of like she has gone through so much grief and heartache, especially after episode eight, once you like see that and you're like. I get it. I get why she did what she did. But then a few episodes back, you're questioning if we should even align with her because, you know, she pushed Monica out and she clearly has a goal in mind and she looks very villainous. And so, but I always knew because this was WandaVision, like this is her series. They would not go out of their way to make her just the sole villain of this show. You know, but I like the fact, like you were talking about Ernie, that was long winded, but that they did always play with that line with her because she started that way. And there's a lot of like murkiness there of she has such great power. She doesn't necessarily know how to control it. And even the ways that she thinks she's benefiting people, she's also been like causing them harm too. And like, how do you balance that? And it's just... The way they did it was so pitch perfect. I have nothing but respect for the creators and the writing team and just the entire cast. They were so good. Oh my gosh. I think it's one of those 
I think it's one of those series that doesn't have a clear cut villain until, until the very end, because you kind of understand that the villain isn't like, in my opinion, the villain was never really Agatha because Agatha kind of showed up to this thing, but, you know, Wanda developed this whole thing by herself. So really the villain of the entire piece, I would say is her grief. And once she starts actually dealing with it, that's when everything gets fixed. So it's a lot like a, a video game series that I really enjoyed when I was a kid called Silent Hill, where there's not really a bad guy per se. It's kind of the, the, the city itself, you know, and it's in what's happening in it that's the, the cause of everything. And this is kind of like it because at the beginning of the series, you don't know how she got there. You don't know what's happening, but you know that she's in somewhat control because her and Vision still have their powers, right? So they can end it whenever, like, supposedly they could just do whatever they want but by the end they don't like well Wanda more than Vision obviously she's having to deal with what she did and only through dealing with her grief does everything you know I mean having to say goodbye to your kids and your your love wow that's something that for one that's not a, the something that people get to do you know, when somebody passes away, they get to, you know, talk to them again, say goodbye, and then have them go away. But man, that series ending when she's walking out and people are giving her the stink eye. I mean, not only is she dealing with death <laughs> and she just lost her kids and now she has to deal with a bunch of people like that being like, yeah, we hate you. But they're forever scarred by the fact that like she did this to them. They'll never understand why she did it or what it cost her but they're always going to carry like that trauma with them and goes back to that line. Like she can't control that about them. She can only control like how she handles it at this point. Like how, how does she let her grief control her, her insecurity control her, which is so, it's so good. It's yeah, just I mean, such a good show. One of the things you both have said is that, you know, Wanda, she's not a superhero, right? She's not like Captain America just out trying to save the world you know she's mm -hmm. like somebody just who has been through a lot of trauma that just happens to have like these amazing powers the main thing i love about the show is that i don't know about you guys but i always i i never really felt that wanda was like the most developed uh character in the mcu you know mm -hmm. she's someone who had like cool powers you know is very powerful and that's about it what i love about the show is now that it developed her you know and then you got to know why she is why she has her powers and what motivates her you know so like as a whole, you know, I had a feeling that my theory, like when I first saw the trailers and all that was that it was all in her head, right? And that she was mm -hmm. picturing all that stuff oh, in her head. I can and see that. that. And that the reason why is that she probably, I imagine that she probably watched sitcoms with Vision while they were at the Avengers campus, you know, mm -hmm. when she was mm -hmm. kind of like a prisoner. And that that's what that was the connection, right? So my fear was when we got like to the first couple of episodes is that we were going to have an incredibly emotional ending because this reality couldn't last forever, right? So at some point she would have to say goodbye, right? And the way they right. did it, the way they handled it was so great. The writing on this show was absolutely fantastic. Like it, I was, it really was. Yeah, like I was in tears. Like I can't even count the, the how many times I was in tears throughout the whole thing. But just the way they did it, 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 it was such a like when she said goodbye to her, her children, like that that hit me so hard. And then she had to say goodbye again, once again to to Vision. It it was just handled so well. And now 
you know, Wanda has become like the most complex character in all of the MCU. And if the plan is for her to be like the focus of the new phase, kind of like uh, what Tony Stark was to like the first um, mm-hmm. phases were, you know, they they really did a great job. Yeah, I mean, I could, I can't you see her because of her ambiguity in terms of her morale. Because remember, I love the first of all the episode where Agnes reveals herself and starts to take Wanda through her past. Episode eight. Oh my gosh! The yeah. fact that she told that story to Tony Stark. I remember her saying, "Like we were hidden in our house for two days." in front of a Tony, like a Stark industry missile or whatever, waiting for it to go off. I was like, I cannot believe they pulled that story and used it for fuel for this. Because I love, I love it because mentioning Tony or like it's in, in invoking his name already makes her a more complex character because Tony himself was super complex. Again, somebody who started off as a quote unquote villain because he was the one supplying all these different weapons to the world figures out what it is and then tries to turn it around is exactly is exactly what was happening with wanda you know sorry go ahead i was gonna say the fact that they brought up the stark industries in the very first episode and the toaster and then which was great to like you even heard like the the noise of his Iron Man suit like revving up and you're like oh shoot they like brought that in and I'm not gonna lie the second that they walked into where she was living as a kid I knew for a fact what was about to happen and I still jumped when the missile blew up I knew exactly how it was gonna play out as far as I know I'm about to see her parents die there's really no way around it but I still leaned in I was still in it not going to happen it's not going to happen and then it happens and they played that so well and yes like the fact that they brought back in that story from age voltron and we got to see it play out in real time Uh, it wasn't that crazy so good and even seeing her in the experimentation with like strucker and hydra because we only got like what a post-credit scene I forgot which movie it was a post-credit scene in, but like we got to see that piece happen. And actually, no, it was at the end of Captain America, the Winter Soldier. That's right. Where they have the cube and they're experimenting with, you see them in their cells? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But to actually like, that was like post her getting her power. Shankly, we got to like right. see the Mind Stone, like call out to her and apparently like, call out like the magic that was already in her you know which adds another layer to her powers Mm -hmm. which is like they introduced witches in salem and magic and solidified (laughs) it in this series witches it's actually an offshoot of the bevitch (laughs) (laughs) oh no here we go you brought up the commercials i gotta be honest like those commercials I always thought were like just a little creepy, even from the first, because they would say like uh, the Hydra name would be like somewhere tucked up in the top. Yeah. Blah, blah. I saw this one that I thought was fucking great, which was, I don't know if you remember, because one of the weirder ones, but it was in the, I believe it was in episode nine. And it was the, the one where they cut to a commercial of some yogurt. 
That was in episode yeah. nine. That was the 90s episode, uh, the Malcolm in the Middle one. It uh, was episode six. Yeah, the Yo Magic. Okay, that, that was somebody dark pointed, that one was, somebody yeah, that pointed one was, it out. Yeah, somebody that pointed out that up, it's called yeah. Yo Magic. Yup. And the the kid is in a red shirt, and he's essentially getting his like magic sucked out of him. I was like, oh my god, that's a foreshadow to the ending. The answers were in front of our face the whole time, and it's so brilliant. It's so I brilliant that how they so set cool. that up. Isn't that great? I just I, poster I was, was the it. bomb. The Lagos uh, paper towels because of all the blood spilt that she did from Civil War to the body, the bubble bath stuff of like to escape your world. And then even the medicine in the Modern Family episode. Like the commercials are just like as, as a perfect. Person, as uh, Robert, as a person who writes a lot of fake commercials for their podcast, <laughs> how difficult is it to do one of these? Because think about even the one I just mentioned is a claymation, like yeah. 90s commercial for like any you could. I don't know. I, I can't think of a yogurt I, that was like that. But I mean, it's so difficult to do and then tie into a series. I absolutely love all the commercials i love like the fake universe that they set up you know like so I, but i one of the things too is that i love the way like that they played with many different genres in the show you know because you know the in the last episode the scene where they go back to the 1600s and the witches like like become zombies like that was genuinely scary like i was scared you know mm-hmm. so like they threw a little bit of horror obviously there was all the comedy so i thought that was great and I was surprised episode eight, the one where Agatha takes uh, Wanda through all the memories. Cause on my podcast, like in the beginning, we do like a Wanda recap, like, Hey, what'd you guys think? Ah. You know? And I was fully expecting after episode eight, I was, cause I loved the episode. Like I, I, I thought it was fantastic. And I was fully, I was fully expecting everybody to be just like on the praise train, you know? Mm-hmm. And we ended up like, there's five of us and three of them, three, three people were on the negative side. And I was so surprised by that, you know, they're like, oh, no, it was boring and nothing happened, you know, and just as a whole, I, I, I told them, like, you know, because the last episode we knew was going to be a huge battle, right? For that, all that, you know, action and, and stuff to mean anything, you need the character growth, you know, you need all that, you know, I told them a story of like, when I was a kid, you know, growing up, I loved action movies, you know, I watched nothing but action movies, and I would put on my VHS and fast forward to the action scenes so I could just watch that, you know, and it's pretty cool watching all the set pieces. But I noticed even as a kid, like they didn't hit the same way like that they would as if, if I had watched the whole movie. And why? It's because you need the story and character for it to mean anything. You know, set pieces don't mean anything without without the emotions, you know, dry, like what's driving the emotion behind them, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's how I defended the whole thing. And that's how I really defend the whole series. You know, a lot of people were frustrated at the first like two or three episodes where it was just straight sitcom stuff. I was like, they're building a mystery. You know, it's 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 a TV show, not a movie, you know, like they need to pace it out over yeah. eight episodes. And I loved from the very beginning, I loved every single episode. He yeah. didn't like the theme song to Agatha. <laughs> Come on, it was Agatha all along. It's trending on iTunes. This that I was had one of that my song favorite stuck things. in my head yeah. for a week. I was gonna give into insanity at one point. I couldn't escape it. It's that good. Especially because what did like, you guys I, think was the parody? Because I thought it was it, the, it's monsters. the monsters. It's yeah. monsters, right? Okay. Yeah. 
And that's why I love it because I used to watch the monsters like as a kid, you know, and it sounded just like and like the way they recreated like each arrow was just so spot on. And I think I think it, this show as a whole is special like for night for kids who grew up in the 90s because we were very lucky to have like every era of sitcoms like on at the same time you know we had all the stuff in syndication we had nick at night and we had all the new stuff at prime time like running like all simultaneously so i think for like people who grew up in the 90s i think people who grew up in the 90s and older really got a kick out of this show like the younger generation might be like well what's going on you know i don't get all this stuff um, mm -hmm. i don't know how you guys felt about all that Oh, I love I thought, it. I, I think, thought it was a brilliant way, way to introduce it because think about it, all of the stuff had been sitcom related. And yeah, there was a little bit of like a, uh, like a bewitch thing, but which is a little callback to her being a witch, which I thought was really good. But the fact that they use the Munsters as the intro for her, they were introducing a supernatural theme to the series that wasn't there, as opposed to like, oh, her being created through science and blah, blah, blah. No, this one is yeah. like a call to a supernatural element that they were going to introduce in the new series that she was like, she's a witch. So now there's now there's witches and there's maybe vampires or maybe there's this or that. You know what well, I mean? Well, we're getting like, blades. So yeah, there's going to be vampires up in here. I don't know if they can top, you know, Wesley Snipes' blade because I remember seeing that as a kid and I still watch that movie. To this day, it's one of my favorite Marvel movies. <laughs> one of the things, it's like a little side story here. One of the things I really connected to was um, when uh, they flash back to Wanda in Sokovia, right? Mm -hmm. And they get together as a family to watch sitcoms. And that's the way, that's one of the ways she learns English, right? Like I connected that to so much because watching TV in English is how I learned how to speak English. My first language is Spanish. And no offense to the LAUSD, it's like I didn't learn English in school. I learned it by watching TV, you know? So that really hit me on an emotional level. It's I, the TV is the best teacher. Yeah. It also explains why I'm so stupid, too. So oh like, my gosh. You are not. <laughs> but yeah, I guess like as a whole, how did WandaVision work for you as a complete? limited series because i do not think they're gonna have a season two and nor do i no. think they should at this point i i mean i'll go ahead and say this i just love what they did with this show i mean it was already piquing my interest because it was playing on tv the different eras of tv shows i as a history buff for tv as just a fan of tv that already had me in and from the very first episode as they are driving into Westview I'm like this is it this is my kind of show you know they played it with such sincerity and such like the first like few episodes as far as like them being straight sitcom but even I'd say the second episode there was like some Twilight Zone action going on and like oh yeah they knew what they were doing and there was such a heart and love for what they were doing. And you can tell by the performances that Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen were just having the time of their life. They were they so- Such good chemistry. Such great chemistry. It takes a lot of skill to be able to do what they were doing in the 50s and 60s episodes and it not come off as like gimmicky. And mm -hmm. they played it- yeah. That's just like a testament to their talent, honestly, the way that they were able to 
do those, but then do like these deep emotional scenes like later on, like in episode eight, what is grief but love persevering? Oh, it's such a good line. Wow. <laughs> that that yeah. scene, like That's such a good whoever wrote that might have made their Spider-Man with great power comes great responsibility. That it totally that. did. She if deserves an Emmy for that line. For for writing, like I don't know what because I was already like like on the edge of like being an emotional wreck and when they said that line that's so powerful you know it just <laughs> it's I, such I, a I, testament I to how smart vision yeah. is he is truly the mcu's like philosopher and the way that he's able to drop pearls like that it's just incredible like so that's when when he did the ship of theseus quandary with white vision it was Like, of course, he's going to bring up like a philosophical question like this and that that is part of his strengths. And so, yeah, that line was it's the line. It's Mm -hmm. and I think like if 2020 has brought anything was this line of catharsis for all of us. You know, it was Mm -hmm. like the collective we needed this. it, It captures the whole theme of the show right you know that's Mm -hmm. what the show is about but vision yeah i totally agree he's like the spock or the database of yeah where he ends up being more human than the humans even though he's not really human you know you had to bring in the star trek (laughs) i had to i I was gonna do it (laughs) but it's not hard to with this you know (laughs) i mean it's a it's a it's a great recap of what the, the series has kind of meant to all of us i mean I don't think they could have done this in a movie. I honestly don't. I think Robert hit it on the head when he said that Scarlet Witch hadn't really been developed enough. Her connection to Vision was always really symbiotic to me because they were both created for malevolent purposes and then kind of turned it around once they, you know, kind of woke up to what they were. You know, Vision, remember, he was supposed to be Ultron, and then became what he was. And then all of a sudden he's like, you know what? I'm going to turn around. I wasn't built for this, but I'm going to turn around. That's why like the vision fight is my favorite thing ever because it understands what the character is. And he would like, of course, vision drops knowledge bombs like that. (laughs) Of course he's awkward because he's trying to understand people. And of course, when he, when he fights another person, when they actually started talking, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so vision. He's trying to understand why they're fighting. He's trying to complete everything. And then that line where he goes like, I am the vision, I am vision and takes off. I was like, why did you fly off? And I know they're going to do something with that because, you know, as a kid, when I saw the white vision, I freaked out because early comic books of vision have him transition to that white transition or the white costume later on. He starts in that early like yellow and green one but honestly dude i think it's so funny that her creation of vision is so perfect that it convinces the real vision to understand who he is like that's just like just awesome writing in this entire series honestly and with all the easter eggs in it like somebody i think it was you meredith who told me about the sam raimi one yeah was it robert no it was me i mean come on (laughs) come on even breaking the fourth wall kind of stuff like this it's just so brilliant written and put together so well but all of this 
is what every superhero movie franchise whatever is always missing is subtlety and that's what this series has in spades the like it was such a slow burn that like robert was saying it made the fights so much better you know yeah i i agree the last episode could have been longer i wish it was longer because <laughs> yeah. i love that on the subreddit they have a picture of that wandavision static thing and it's like that is the true villain of this entire series because nobody likes to see that screen oh my gosh yeah <laughs> it's like once it's, it comes up somebody put a meme of uh larry david saying like f you i'll see you next week and i think that was all of our relationships to that it was like it ah. works on so many levels right because seeing the that screen pop up it, it forces us to go back into our own reality right and that's really the villain right in in the show you know wanda having to face her reality is like the ultimate village you know that's but, a good one yeah but as, as a whole i went into this show i think with neutral expectations i didn't really know like i wasn't like totally like looking forward to it but i knew i was gonna watch it you know because i watched all the mcu stuff i was absolutely so blown away by it and the main thing i'll say is is the reason why is you know i think we could all agree that like the infinity saga or whatever the first phase is called infinity saga yeah it was a huge success right something that we oh totally for, right so i think it would have been very easy for marvel just to say like well if it ain't broke you know let's just do it again right and what's right. the biggest what's the biggest criticism that marvel has is that they're very formulaic right is that yeah. they just like after iron man is kind of like copy paste on on that you know what makes me so excited is that i think with this even though it wasn't meant to be the first thing we saw in the new phase like it, it ended up being i think it's great because it shows us that they're not in it just to do the same thing again, right? They're going to take mm -hmm. risks. I think a lot of the negative reactions, I think that's a good thing because they are taking risks. They are kind of pushing the boundaries. You know, I, I it feels so good that we're not just going to get like diluted versions of Iron Man and, you know, Infinity mm -hmm. War, you know, we're going to see something new. To me, that's what's the most exciting thing about it, you know? Because who knows? Like, I, I think we're going to look back on this in 10 years when this phase or whatever ends, you know, and say like, and think about WandaVision the same way we think about uh, Iron Man, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like hold it in that same regard. I'm right there with you. And it's kind of hard for me because I want to rank this series <laughs> among everything, but I can't just yet. Yeah. A, it needs a little bit more time. And B, I think... It's hard to do that in the same way that like we judge movies because we have so much more time with these characters and like the story that they're telling, but it's cinematic in the same way that each of these movies have been. And like you, Robert, I'm so excited for what they're going to do because it's clear that for that criticism of, oh, it's another Iron Man. Uh, oh, like we're doing the same thing over and over again. They're breaking the mold of what they're doing. And I like that they are taking the time to care for these characters. The only expectation I had about WandaVision was the whole thing. Like I wanted to walk away from WandaVision caring about Wanda Maximoff because she was one of my least favorite Avengers. And it wasn't because of anything in particular about her. It's just, I don't know much about her. I know she's super strong. And I also know she's not great with Iron Man and Iron Man's one of my faves. So like, why do I care about her? I need a reason. I need you to show me why 
she is worth caring about. And they knocked that out of the park. Like not even, not even halfway through the series, I was sold on her, but episode eight sealed the deal. What she went through, the strength that she has in the midst of it. And I mean, even the finale too. It takes a strong superhero to be able to defeat a villain, but I think it takes a stronger person to have to say goodbye to the people they love for the sake Mm -hmm. of everybody else. And she had to do that again and to kids this time too. So Wanda is, like you have said, one of the most complex characters in the MCU and arguably the strongest character in the MCU currently. Like I know they made, they had a fun debate about it between Scarlet Witch and Captain Marvel, which I think is a fair one, but I don't think it's even a question at this, at least as of right now, like I would put Scarlet Witch just a little bit over Captain Marvel. Yeah. Cause we've just spent nine episodes just like in her world and she's like proven what she can do. Agatha was like talking her up, like I'm impressed at what you're doing even on the outskirts of town. Like how you're (laughs) able to do all of this. Like, I just want to know. And who I think the series, the reason this series hits me so hard is after, after I finished season nine and everything, and I was looking ahead to what they're going to do next and what they're they've done in the past in hindsight, I was always like, oh, Spider-Man's going to carry the torch of whatever into the next series. And I thought, okay, that's fine. But when they made the announcement that, yeah, Wanda's going to be a pretty big part in the next, well, like she's basically going to be like the driving force in the next few movies. I thought that was brilliant because if you think about who she is and what Captain Marvel and her have in common, which is why the debate was happening, both of their powers came from the like different infinity stones. like infinity stones and they carry part of it with them even though the infinity stones are no longer going to be the focus of the series they still have a bridge from the old franchise the old saga mm-hmm. to the new one kind of like how they did star wars where the whole thing that carries it from the old movies to the new ones mm-hmm. is you know luke's bloodline that's yeah. essentially what bridges the two series when you do something like that it calls back, but also pushes you forward because yeah, it's, it is part of it. And that's how she, you know, made vision and everything, but it also reminds you that the other world still existed and thing and ramifications from that old series still kind of pushing this one. That's why I love one of my other favorite characters is Jimmy because he was in Ant-Man and did his thing in this one, but how, how awesome was it? Character development. Yeah. Right. it's it, it's evolving really like yeah yeah you know that's great flourish that people, even in the I, last episode with the handcuffs and he said <laughs> flourish at the end i'm like i'm so proud of you i just love that they could take somebody as small as jimmy and make him such a fan favorite right where people were calling for an mcu show where he's just in the fbi doing an x-files deep dive with I don't know, Monica, I don't know who they would use, but like that, that would be- I kind of hope Darcy, great. honestly. I think the that two of them cool. are yeah. great together. Plus- Did you both... like that she took off at the end? No, I wanted more of her after she yeah. uh, hit Hayward, even that, that was my, okay. My one complaint about the finale is Hayward was not a great villain. I mean, Agreed. I think the, the writing was on the wall for him of what he was gonna do, but like, mm-hmm. man, he was like shooting a gun at kids. That seemed a little excessive. And then, of course, he made like the pun about you just don't have 
vision. I'm like, okay, guy. Because he had one. <laughs> yeah, he did. He called it Project uh, Cataract. So, mm. you know, yes, that That's was the on official the head. name. Exactly. So I think he was kind of underserved and I wish we had more Darcy in the finale, but I mean, we're going to see her in Thor Love and Thunder. Is we're that gonna confirmed? See- yes, it is confirmed. Oh, She's back I, for that. I, I, Jimmy Woo will be in Ant-Man <laughs> 3. Monica obviously will be in Captain Marvel 2. And uh, I mean, we're going to see Wanda and Doctor Strange too. I also think we might see Monica in Miss Marvel or at oh, least yeah. for something because A, that show is coming out. B, that takes place in New Jersey as well. C, uh, yeah, it, since they're both going to be in Captain Marvel too, I think we could see her pop up there. I don't know. Anyways. Oh, it's going to be so good. Yeah, I think the whole Darcy thing, that really did feel like a scheduling thing, you know? Huh? Like, it mm-hmm. felt like there was going to be more there. It's like, oh, she got to go home. Um, she had a one, but... <laughs> as a writer, Robert, you like the one one line send off? She yeah. says she doesn't like yeah. answering <laughs> questions or whatever. I was like... <laughs> but um, no, like Meredith said, I hesitate to rank, you know, like so soon after we watch it, because I'm pretty high on it, you know, and I would like to let it marinate a little, but I think if it stays where it is right now, it could be right up there for me with Iron Man as like my favorite thing. Yeah. Guys, we, we still got Loki and we still got yeah. Winter Soldier. So, uh, yeah, get this. Soldier. So, not even two weeks from now, we are getting the next Marvel Disney Plus series, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Has WandaVision changed your expectation and anticipation for it? Has it just stayed the same? What are you now feeling after having WandaVision and being so high on that like where's the bar for you for these next series that we're getting because we're getting all the good stuff train just keeps rolling on for us Uh, this year it's absolutely sky they to me the bar is (laughs) sky high like but I will say like I want you know I want them you know like WandaVision was very experimental I want more of that like spare like go to different genres you know make like a a horror show make like a, a full-on drama i'll be on board you know but i think it's very smart for them to to bring out um um falcon and the winter soldier next because i think you know for a lot of the people that did it, that weren't on board with uh wandavision for it being so experimental they're gonna get their fix now of like what they like right all the action stuff like so that's a smart move i think but you know i'm just super excited i i feel like i have no idea like where these new projects are gonna go and to me that's what makes it like so exciting you know I, I i love that they have respect for their audience that they could challenge their audience you know they could take them to different places so to me the bar is sky high uh, you know it's i have no idea what's coming you know mm-hmm. there, i mean yes the the bar is super sky high and i'm so glad this is the one they started with first because nobody knew what it was going to be even with all the trailers and the previews and everything all we could do was guess like Robert said, somebody, some people thought it's all in her head. Some people thought she was traveling through parallel dimensions to find vision. This next one with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier looks like a buddy cop movie. And I'm totally on board for that because the moments in the different movies with Falcon and Winter Soldier, very odd couple, very, I hate you. Very like, I can't stand you. I can't believe we're working together. I'm in for that because they really haven't done a buddy comedy 
like I'm thinking like Starsky and Hutch. I'm thinking like, you know, um, Rush Hour kind of thing. They, like, yeah, like they dabbled in different genres, but I feel like the great thing about the television shows is they could just go full on, you know? So, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like every yeah. week they could just be, you know, kind of like, uh, <laughs> you know. They're and going they to couples that. therapy. Like that. that is- yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Like they, for one, it's a really weird funny comedy movie because <laughs> Bucky's almost 100 years old something like that I love that joke in Winter Soldier he's like you know we're 106 years old buddy like him and Captain America mm-hmm. and Falcon is has this new responsibility of being the new Captain America their dynamic is just going to be I just I, I already love the whole thing where they're like are you guys having a staring contest really for real I want that genre I need it I hope they get a cool car that they drive around in <laughs> because I, you know why not um, I'm going to call it though right now i think at the end of that series somehow bucky will get the shield Mm. because one it is in the comic book series that he does the whole captain america thing for a while i'm not saying he permanently gets it i'm saying that something changes and he has to now take it on you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um which could mean that you know falcon gets lost somewhere or something like that happens because I was really glad that he got it, that, that um, Falcon got it. Cause I think, I think Bucky doesn't feel like he deserves anything. So it wouldn't have been right to hand him the shield, at least not at the end of that series, but thinking about how this series developed Wanda into who she is now, you see what I'm saying? Like yeah, his character that... development could go from like, I'm a sad puppy who did something bad. I don't deserve anything to like, you know, I need to take up this mantle kind of yeah, deal. That's exciting. I mean, if I didn't like Wanda, my least favorite person in the MCU is Bucky. If, that's what I'm saying. Listen, if they were able to do <laughs> what they did for Wanda and WandaVision, if they do that for Bucky and Falcon and Winter Soldier, just... Faye is just taking the people that I don't enjoy or like know the least about. And he's like, good, you're going to get to know them. You're going to care about them. <laughs> you're going to like it. And yeah. I'm on board with it. And I think they yeah. have a great dynamic. I mean, the car scene in Civil War was like, can you move up your seat? No, it was no. like, that's a TV show. That's a TV show. And when they got webbed, when they got webbed down by Spider-Man. And he's like, I, I hate, hate you. I hate you. <laughs> it's like, there, there's your series right there. So I'm looking forward to it. I think my anticipation level has gone up definitely more. Marvel is just proven again, like they care about their storytelling. They know what they're doing. And yeah, for all the people who were too weirded out by WandaVision or didn't meet their expectation, okay, you're going to have your winter soldier style, like spy buddy cop show, and you're going to get your fix there. And then a few weeks after that, we're going to get real weird. And we're going to go into the world of Loki where it's like, that's, that is not going to make any sense. That's going to be the show where I will definitely be staying up at midnight for again because talk about they're going to make you love Loki. (laughs) They're going to make me care about Loki, which I've never been on the Hiddleston train. Like I think Loki's fine. Yeah, but Loki was okay. But again, not a fave of mine. So they're just going to keep going with this, and I'm on board at this point. 
What I've you got, loved, Feige? I've always loved Loki. I love that he was, you know, one of the more complex characters because he was like so evil, but he did the right thing when it was necessary, you know? And I think they left him off more like as a good guy at like by the end of it. I would love to see him like go back now to like the well, evil. Well, his you know? his 2012 version Avengers like villain Loki is the one that's around. He's the one who is hopping around the multiverse and time and space and whatever do, doing hijinks in this series. So wait, I think wait, we're going that. to get wait, that. Wait, wait, go back, go back. Explain it. What are you talking about? This isn't, isn't yeah. he, I thought this was a retrospective series. Is he no. still alive? No. Yeah. He's alive. Spoilers got, for Endgame. He got choked. He got choked out in Thanos. No, but yeah. now he's, no, he's, but because of Endgame, the 2012 version one is out there. He took the space stone. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> he, well, either way, I was going to be in on that series. I, I'm with Robert. I I like mischief. Uh, he's an antagonizer. Oh, and we know how much you love antagonizers. <laughs> or I should say, instigator. Yeah, uh, yeah very much an instigator. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm totally in it. And again, they're gonna make you care about a character who has done nothing but cry about the fact that he grew up in Thor's shadow. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna see, and he's probably gonna justify it to us. He's like, look at how much crap he had to go through. Oh yeah, probably why I he already feel for. I always felt for him. I was on his side in Thor. I was like, he never asked to be a doctor. <laughs> Like, I always empathize with him. Like I, I don't I know didn't why. Ask for this. <laughs> I guess because I'm the younger uh, sibling in my family. You know, I always saw his size. So I was like, "Fuck Thor," you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, anybody who has to, you know, walk behind that Adonis of a person, you know what I mean? Like, I not mean, only is he more powerful, but he just he looks like that. Yeah, you he's know, a Hemsworth. Like, yeah, so. he's just. Huh, you just got to grow up with that. It's going to give anybody a complex. Yeah, which I'm looking forward. I am looking forward to that. Yeah, we're going to see these complex characters become more complex before our eyes. Like, I'm really looking forward to learning more about Sam Wilson. I'm looking forward to Sharon Carter finally getting some justice because I was always weirded out by the fact that cap and sharon kissed and he goes back because he's always had the flame for her aunt so i'm glad they're gonna do more for her in this series i'm i'm looking forward to the weird stuff too because wandavision got weird like let's get nuts in loki okay guys thank you so much for coming on The fact that we had such a drought in 2020 from not having the MCU to having it back in full force makes me so excited for what they have in store and like what is coming our way. And yeah, I, in Feige, I trust at this point, you know, totally. Yeah, it makes well, me so just, excited for like the we got the Eternals coming. Like, who knows what that's gonna be? Oh my right? gosh! Like, I, don't, with, I have zero expectation for this. And I love that. I, no I don't want to know. I don't want to know anything. I want to go nothing. in like fresh and just they, they be, prove them, be blown away again. Like I just, they prove themselves yeah. with Guardians of the Galaxy. Could yeah. not care less about that series, and they made them one of my favorites. Exactly. Volume one and two, I watch all the time. But I want to say thank you to Meredith for putting up with me a lot. um i may have may have bullied my way onto her series here maybe twice at this point so 
Thank you for this is your third appearance me. on here, you know, I know, but the third appearance the second one was you guys bribed me to come on. You said watch cats and then you can come on. So I yeah. only bullied my way on twice. See what I'm saying? There the math works. Anyway, yeah, yes, yeah, I want to yeah. say thank you for indulging me when I, I half heartedly said let's do a podcast on it. We watch it. We've been watching <laughs> the whole time. But thank you guys for indulging me in, in you know, doing this because I always love talking to you guys, especially about Marvel stuff, because not only do we get like the more geeky side and the uh, like the fangirl side from you, Meredith, I always see, I always get this really great film perspective from a film and editing perspective from Robert. So I always feel like he has some of the points that he brought in today. Always such, I, uh, they're very eye opening. So I always love discussing these things with you guys. Well, thank you. Yeah, that thank might you, be Meredith. the nicest thing you've ever yeah. said. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Ernie, for your kind words. And thank you, Meredith, for putting this together and having us on. It is always fun and such a pleasure. Where can the people find you? Okay. So, yeah, my, pod- my podcast is called In Out Delete. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever your podcasts are sold. Uh, and I'm on Instagram at rmesa88. You can find me at, at Neil Ernie. They can find me there everywhere. Um, I, I don't have a podcast these days. Uh, ours kind of went into hiatus and then we haven't really started up. So you just listen to this episode again or listen to the cats one again, because that was a really great one. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're plugging the cats episode. <laughs> it's so I thought good, you really. hated it. I hated the movie, but I liked our podcast on it. I had, I didn't have, I often have a double feature. I'll watch the movie and then I'll listen back to that podcast again, you know? <laughs> I love that. And always you can find me at Meredith Loftus on Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at Fangirl Forum Pod. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I hope you have a fantastic day.